Praise the Lord and welcome to the Old Path Bible Study this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us whenever you found us online. If you grab your Bibles this morning, we're going to finish up chapter 9. This is going to be chapter 9 of Hebrews, part 19. And we're going to see some amazing things in these last three verses, three or four verses here today in Hebrews chapter 9. It's been a phenomenal chapter, as you could well see. It's uh, We've already had 18 sessions, and today's session is going to be like the icing on the cake. And I'm, and I'm thankful for what the Lord is showing us, giving us, imparting into our hearts. He said that he would guide us into all truth. That's not something we sit in a chair and just hear. He guides us, he leads us into truth. And as he shows us truth, it gives us a picture of righteousness, for that is the path he places us on. It's the only path he walks on, and it's the only place you and I as God's people can be found bearing forth the fruits of his righteousness. So, uh, again, this is part 19 today on this 17th day of February 2022, and uh, we will probably close this ninth chapter out today. So let's jump in this morning. Uh, one more thing before we do, and that is that uh, you can find everything we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316 or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, there's so much there for you to avail yourself to. For those of you who who are, are finally beginning to see the light of the cross is in every chapter and verse. And, and more and more of you are maturing and growing and realizing there's really no need to be listening to anyone who's not expounding in the Word of God and pointing us to Calvary. There's really no need. Information without the cross is information that can't help us. The Word of God without our faith in the cross is the Word of God that cannot be a light to us. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And that righteousness is as our light, Psalms 37, 6. And that light is what shines upon God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path because his words are in righteousness. His words are truth. He that speaks truth, Proverbs 12 and 17, shows forth righteousness. The Holy Spirit comes. He offers truth. And when our hearts believe unto righteousness, that truth, he guides us. He shows us first that truth. That righteousness, Proverbs 12 and 17, let's quote it again. These things are important before we dig into the Word because without the knowledge of these things, we'll just read something and that'll be it. And what did we get out of it? Well, I read it, uh, and I, well, at least I feel good about reading it. No, God, the Holy Spirit wants to impart truth to your heart. That will change you. That will change your location with Him. At that what I'm saying is there would be an advancement. There will be an increase of intimacy with him 
the peace that he offers, the, the boldness and the confidence that he offers. Everything that we l- seem to be lacking and coming short of, we will find more of that completeness that we already are in Christ. We're complete in him, Colossians 2 and 10, but we'll find more of the experience of that which is complete. We'll find more of the experience of that hidden inner man which was created in righteousness. So go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Avail yourself to the many, many teachings there of the Word of God that are in the light of Christ who is the light and what He did at Calvary to become that light to us. And there is an app you can get on your smartphone. It's called Spreaker, not Speaker, but Spreaker. And we actually have a recording on there right now, live. If you subscribe there, you'll get an alert. And it's audio, only audio. But there's 880-something messages there that are gospel-centered. That means cross-centered messages. The Word of God being preached and taught on there in the way God intends it being. I'm not talking about who it is. Or, or the presentation, uh, the style of presentation, I'm talking about the Word of God in the light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Imagine that, 880-something messages. Avail yourself to that. Our channel on that Spreaker app is for those who have ears to hear. Or you can just type my name in, Curtis Hutchinson, and you will find it. Well... Praise the Lord. It's raining real good outside. I hope that you're not hearing too much of it uh, this morning. So uh, it's kind of loud in this uh, uh, office of mine. So let's dig in this morning and get the treasure that we're about to find today. Oh, this treasure in Hebrews chapter 9. The treasure of our Lord Jesus. The reality of the experience of our Jesus on this day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't need a bright sunny day with the birds chirping to have a move of God. Man, it don't matter if it's storming outside or if it's sunny, beautiful. (coughs) It doesn't matter if you're cast off in a prison somewhere in chains. It doesn't matter if you're laying in a hospital bed, not knowing if you're going to still be here tomorrow. The Bible says your faith is your victory. Hallelujah. And that's because it's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's the faith we live by. Hallelujah. Let's dig into this now. Now, let's start in verse 25, and I'll read through verse 28, and then we'll back up and expound at the leading of the Holy Spirit today, for I'm sure he will impart into our hearts that which we need. Verse 25, Hebrews chapter 9. Nor yet that he, Jesus, should offer himself often. That's important. Remember that. Not going to offer himself but once. As the high priest enters into the holy place every year without the blood of others. He's contrasting here, remember. Jesus and the new, the Levitical priesthood of many ministers of the old. Verse 26. For then, if this was the case, Jesus would have had to suffer since the foundation of the world over and over and over and over again. But that's not the case. Watch now. You're going to see this word O-N-C-E once. You're going to see it 
in all three of the last verses here in Hebrews 9. It's going to be very important for our session today. Get ready for this. For then must he have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now he's not of the old that was over and over and over and over again. He's of the new. He is the new. Watch. But now once in the end of the age has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Once. You need to get that today. We're going to be talking about that today. Once in the end of the age he's appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He only did it once. I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're going to see it in the scriptures. Let's go ahead and read the next verse. Verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once, there's that word again, to die, but after this, the judgment. Jesus died once. Why? Because all men were appointed to die once. Get that now. Now, why did Jesus only die once? Yes, I agree emphatically, absolutely, because his death was perfect. His life was perfect. He was without sin, without flaw, without blemish. He, he never got close to making a mistake. He never got close to committing a sin in, in, in thought, word, or action. It didn't happen. He lived 33 and a half years as the spotless lamb of God. He lived a sinless life so that he could become our sin-bearing offering. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know that today? And it, as it is appointed unto men once to die, Jesus died once. But after this, the judgment. Let's read verse 28. So Christ was once, there's that word again, it's, it's going to be important that you get that today. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And that's, that really means all. Because Hebrews 2 and 9 tells us, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Jesus tasted death for all men. You need to understand that. Forget Calvin. He had some good things to say, but he missed the boat in some areas. It's like Martin Luther, who the Lord used to bring the, the, the illumination of the Word of God that was already written onto the scene that we're justified by faith, not by works, not by anything we do, but what Christ did. But yet Martin Luther had a lot of things wrong at the same time. So no man knows everything perfectly, uh, uh, but we can get some things right. Hallelujah. And you better have the most important things right or you won't be where you think you're going to end up when it's all said and done. Watch this now. But Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That means everybody. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time <coughs> without sin unto salvation. That means apart from sin. The second time Christ comes when after he's taken the church out of here, 
and we all come back with him, all of his people, to reign for a thousand years, he's not coming back to take sin away. He's already done that at Calvary. He's not going to die again. And, 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 and let's read verse 28 again before I make this statement I'm going to make this morning and give you some scriptures that, go, that, that tie into this uh, that probably most of us have never heard. But we're going to hear it this morning because the Lord is giving those that look through the blood great illumination today. Those who've chosen not to be focused on the cross and make up all the reasons they can is why they don't need to say cross all the time and why they don't need to see what the Holy Spirit is showing them in every jot and tittle of the cross. Well, they're not going to walk in the new and increasing illumination of God's Word that He's pouring out an increase of in these last days. They're, what what they uh, call increase is not going to be that which the Holy Spirit increases in them with the impartation of truth and, 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 a, and a found place in the path of God's righteousness. Hallelujah. So you've got to look through the blood to be able to not only hear what's being offered, but to receive it and to walk in it. Hallelujah. So that's what's going on in the church today. For the most part, don't know God's people aren't interested. Most of them don't even pick the Bible up. And I know a lot of people would say, well, they're not even really Christians. Well, who made you the judge? Uh, we're not the judge. We do make righteous judgment, but we're not the judge of whether somebody's lost or saved. If they say they believe on Christ, who are we to sit there and tell them they don't? And if they're found living in some kind of sin, who are we to say, well, they must have not ever believed in Jesus? Well, we, we try to get in that judgment. We try to sit on the throne too many times instead of just sharing the word and praying for folk and letting the Lord do the work, amen, and be the judge. So verse 28, let's read it again. So Christ, and the word is so, like so, as is it appointed, get this, very important, as it is appointed, verse 27, unto men once to die, God only appointed all men once to die. But after this comes the judgment. So, like so, Christ was offered once, once, to bear the sins of many for those who were appointed once to die. Because we were all in Adam, we all died in the Garden of Eden. You were dead when you were born of your mother. Conceived in iniquity, born, every human being since Adam and Eve have been born in iniquity. Conceived by those guilty in sins. Conceived in iniquity, David said he was, from his mother's womb. Doesn't mean his mother committed iniquity by uh, laying with a man to conceive him. It means the conception of every human being is the conception of iniquity because we are dead in sins and trespasses when we get here, even in conception in the mother's womb. So now, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him, unto them that eagerly wait, which is what this really says, for him, shall he appear the second time, but it won't be to deal with sin, to die again for sin, 
unto salvation. It, it's not going to be that. He's not coming when he comes to lay his life down. He did that once for all of humanity who were appointed once to die. And that death took place in Adam in the Garden of Eden when we in him all sinned. You say, well, I shouldn't be blamed for Adam's sin. Well, you've sinned. We've all sinned. Literally sinned. The Bible says if you say you haven't, you're a liar and you make God a liar and the truth is not in you. That's what the Bible says. That's what John wrote about. So let's look at this now. I'm going to make this comment, and, and you're going to bear witness with it, those of you who are in the truth, and that is this. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, and became our sin-bearing offering in death once because God had appointed all men once to die. Well, why did God appoint all men to die? Do you remember the great treasure that Adam was given by God? You are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. You may freely eat of all the trees in the garden, but do not eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Well, Adam had been given the earth, Psalms 116, verse 15. The heaven is the Lord's, but the earth he's given to men. Now, the earth is the Lord's, too, he, the, and the fullness thereof, the Bible says. But yet he gave it to man. He gave man the place on the earth of walking under his authority that he might have dominion. And as long as he obeyed, trusted in that one word he'd received from God, freedom to eat of all the trees except the one tree, he could still be living there and expanding that garden all over the earth. But he didn't. He was rebellious toward God. He ate of the tree. His wife Eve was deceived. He listened to his wife instead of God. And he became a sinner. And he, my friend, is the tree, if you will, that all other human beings have been birthed through, him and his wife Eve. If you find an apple tree or a peach tree or a cherry tree today, they are here because God had put the first peach and apple and cherry tree there on the earth already. Everything is here today because it came from a seed that was in another tree that was in another seed, just like you and me. We were in our daddy, and our daddy was in our granddaddy, and our granddaddy was in our great-granddaddy, and you get the picture now. That's right, every color of the human race, every tribe, nation, and tongue, every language, we all came out of Adam through Eve. Every one of us. And when he sinned, he became a sinner. And in him, we've all since then been born sinners. 
That's why we've got to get out of the first Adam and into the last Adam. And the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. That word means representative of humanity. The first Adam formed of the dust of the ground, the Bible says, became a living soul. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the last Adam, you can read this in 1 Corinthians 15, the last Adam came, he is the Lord that came from heaven. He's not called a living soul, he's called a life-giving spirit. And the Bible calls him the last Adam. He is the last representative of humanity. You're either in the first Adam, and if you die in him, you will die in your sins and go to hell forever. But if you escape that first death through the judgment that was placed on Christ in his one death, then you, my friend, Jesus promised, will never die. But you must get out of the first Adam, the first head of the human race, and you must enter into the last head and representative man of the human race. His name is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the Lord that came from heaven, and he came to die once. If you accept that death for the atonement of your sins through faith in that death from your heart, believing upon him in that righteous work he did at Calvary and that he was raised on the third day to live again, then you, my friend, will have believed on Jesus and you will have died that first death with him that he paid for. But hear me, he's only dying once. And that and that one-time death, of, you need to hear this today, that one-time death of Jesus, that one death of Jesus Christ did not cover those who choose to be involved in the second death. Jesus' one-time death prevents you from having to die that second death. See, listen very carefully. Death is separation from God. That's what really biblical death is when Adam sinned in the garden he fell so far away from where he had walked with God and the things he had the freedom and liberty of with God he fell so far from that my friend that that he was he, he was separated from the garden he was separated from God he was separated from from a body that would now live forever. Oh, he still was in that body, but decay set in immediately. He, they, he died. The moment he disobeyed God, he died because disobedience to God is death. It's death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, uh, uh, near the end of that chapter, through the disobedience of one, all have become dead. That's Adam because we were in him. Hallelujah. But through the obedience of one, we've all been declared righteous by God through our faith in his righteous work of death at Calvary. And you, you and I need to know this. Adam, he became dead. The day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. He died the whole human race. Today is dead except for those who died through faith with Christ at Calvary and have been delivered from the first Adam and are now in Christ through 
faith in his death, they will not suffer the second death. The second death, again, all death, is separation. When you die physically, your spirit and your soul either go to heaven or hell. Your body, you've been separated from. Death is separation no matter how you slice it. The church in Sardis, you read in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus tells the church in Sardis they're dead and that they better repent. Well, how were they dead and alive unto Christ, in Christ at the same time? Because he looks at that church and even though you, you're born again through faith in the death of Christ, you can become dead in fellowship. They were out of fellowship because the object of their faith was no longer the death of Christ. It was in what they were doing. And we know that because the church of Sardis was told there they better repent, get back to the place they can hear and receive, which was only the cross, or their names would be blotted out of the book of life. Don't listen to preachers who try to explain the reality and the, the fearfulness of that away. It's real, it's true. You can either be dead and lost in your sins and trespasses on your way to hell, or you can be a child of God, dead, separated from fellowship from your Lord who is outside the door knocking to get back into fellowship through faith, your faith in his shed blood at Calvary. We say that we believe that, but many other we, we've we've opted out of that and traded that in for all these things we trusted in today. The purpose-driven life, the government of 12, celebrate recovery, AA, and the list is endless of all the things that we really, through the influence of Satan and our own lustful flesh, have traded the cross in for. But listen, if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, uh, Christ, an identifiable faith, God can see that we are planted together in the likeness of his death, reckoning ourselves to be dead indeed unto the sin nature. My friend, we're out of fellowship and we're called dead by God. So the point here before we move on is that death is separation. And when we accept the death of Christ, we are delivered from the wrath to come, the devil, a world that's in a mess. We're crucified unto the world, and the world's crucified unto us. That's why the Holy Spirit told Paul, God forbid you glory in anything other. But there is a second death the Bible talks about that Jesus won't die again to deliver them from. He died once for that one appointment of death for all men. But there is a second death, and I want to give you those scriptures this morning. They are Revelation 2.11. Revelation 2, verse 11. I want you to write them down, look them up. I want you to see this. There is a second death, and I'm going to go there in just a minute from the scriptures and read to you what that second death is. The second scripture is Revelation. They're all in Revelation. The second one is chapter 20, verse 6. The third one is in chapter 20, verse 14. And the fourth one is in chapter 21, verse 8. So let's go to Revelation. And let's start in 20. 
verse 14. And the Bible says, And death, those who were still dead in their sins, and hell, all those who were in hell because they never accepted Christ, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. It's eternal. There's no answer from God, no deliverance, no salvation once the second death has been entered into. Jesus died once for those, all of humanity, because all of humanity has been appointed once to die because we're all guilty. We were sinners because we were in Adam 6,000 years ago. Or what is it? About close to 7,000 years ago. 6,000 years ago. But not only that, you and I have committed sins our own selves. You don't become a sinner when you start sinning. You show up and you're born and you start sinning because that's what you are when you get here, a sinner. Some folk don't like that, but they can't get around it. They realize it's true. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Let's look now in Revelation 21, the next chapter, verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable. Somebody better read the Bible and see what is an abomination to God. And murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part, their place, in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death is eternal death. Jesus will not die again for those who are found there. Second death is eternal death. Death is separation from God. The second one is eternal. The first death, you say, well, I didn't ask to even come into this world. No, but you're here, and you're born dead because all men are appointed once to die. But God has offered us all an answer to escape this death so that we escape the second death, that the second death won't have any, we won't be hurt by it. When you read those other two scriptures in Revelation chapter 2 and 11 and 20 verse 6, those two we didn't read, you'll see the promises that we won't be hurt by the second death because we've accepted that one payment by God in his son Jesus Christ in the death of Calvary on the cross. Hallelujah. I love to say it. Glory to God. We've accepted the payment God made for our sin. You see, the second death is the payment men have to make if they reject the payment God made. Do you understand that? The second death is the payment men have to make for their guilt of sin if they reject God's payment he made through the one death of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Jesus died once because all men were appointed to die once and only once. And all men weren't appointed to die that second death. 
All men were appointed once to die. Men choose that second and eternal separation from God called what we say the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. That's the second death, the eternal death of which God has no answer for, no hope for, no, no deliverance from. It's eternal. All those who are calling themselves atheists, calling themselves Satanists, calling themselves anything. They have chosen the eternal lake of fire and brimstone, unspeakable torment, unimaginable torment. Jesus Christ, the one true living Son of God, came from the one true God and died once, so that all of humanity who have been appointed unto death once could be delivered and escape the wrath to come, <coughs> the evils of this world right now, the devil, even our own lustful flesh, <coughs> and that we won't be hurt by that second death if we'll just trust in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad you watched this broadcast, listened to it, whatever you did. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will have been able to get down in your heart and just make you more thankful today than you've ever been for the great salvation that you have in Christ Jesus. Or today, my friend, might be the day that you received Christ. You believed upon Him because he showed you there is a second death coming that he will not do anything about after they those who were going there are there. There is no answer there. Maybe you saw that today like never before. And maybe the Holy Spirit revealed to you that you were dead in sins when you were conceived in your mother's womb. And you have become a sinner even in your life. When you, you, you have sinned, not become one. You were one when you got here. But you realize today that you are that sinner. And you need a Savior. And you heard today God sent His one and only Son to lay down His life on the cross in death. The shedding of His own blood for you that you could be saved and delivered from your sins. He's faithful. He's waiting for all humanity to accept His Son, Jesus Christ. That could be you today. Just ask Him for forgiveness. Just ask Him for forgiveness. And accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Confess to God that you believe He raised His Son on the third day to live again, to prove what happened at the cross would only need to happen once and he did it for you and you believe it in your heart and you'll be saved. The moment you believe that in your heart, you'll be saved. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. And I have to say, God has really poured out of his spirit in this ninth chapter of Hebrews, 19 sessions, and he has blessed me, taught me, led me into more of the great treasures we find in Christ. And I know there will be more to come as Monday morning we gather back here online to begin chapter 10 if he hasn't come for us. But I believe he's coming today, and I know you're looking for your Savior to come get you today. 
Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to tune in in the morning as we look at more of our topic on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis of Jesus, our example. And Mark Goldwire, Pastor Mark, will be here with us Saturday night and Sunday morning this weekend. Don't forget to tune in. I love you, praying for you. God bless you. Don't forget to sow into good ground. And you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. See you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.